Blessed are the people who have gotten to the end of themselves. Blessed is anyone who is sick and tired of doing it their way. Blessed are those who are willing to give up control completely. Blessed are those who are so tired of trying to make life great uh, simply because in the ways that the world tells us to do it. All right, if you are absolutely tired of trying to make life work on your own, then you will be supremely blessed. That's what the word means actually right here in Matthew 5 when Jesus is talking about the, they, they actually call them the Beatitudes here in verse 3. The word blessed are those means you're supremely happy. You're supremely happy when you are at the end of you. All right, that's that's what I want us to remember as we talk about this. Because remember, the past few weeks, we're we're building on a theme here of following Jesus, of, of doing things the way Jesus did things. And it's really simple, and I know it's simple for you and it's simple for me, that, that, that we end up thinking because we do it a certain way, that must be how Jesus would do it. And then what we end up doing is creating a culture and, and a group that we end up doing things and we think, well, of course Jesus would do it because this is how we've always done it. And if you're like me, man, there is time periodically when you really need a wake-up call. And go, hold on a minute, how did Jesus call people to follow him? How did he do it? How was he able to like dig deeply into our hearts and not just accommodate us? How was he able to stay so focused? And he started out, and we talked a few weeks ago, um, with the gospel. With the gospel. I want you to ask yourself, do you know what the gospel is? And I mean, like if somebody were to ask you, hey, give me like the minute version of what the gospel is. Give me the five minute version of what the gospel is, because the gospel we believe determines the disciples we become. I want you to really remember that the gospel we believe determines the disciples we become. So if the gospel I have chosen to believe is a gospel of consumerism, a gospel where I just get fed and I take, a gospel where it's just about me being a better person, then that's what we will become. That's what you will become. And what your goal is going to be is let me find groups of people who all believe that same gospel because we're consumers. And we're waiting for people to give us something. And we don't really have to give anything back because really what your mindset is about is that church is about helping you become a better person. And that's a gospel, but it's not Jesus' gospel. That's not a gospel that saves. That's not a gospel. That's a false gospel. And it's a really common gospel. 
because you feel like, man, you know, if I want to I want to go to church and, and and I need to feel good about myself and I need to be built up and I need the preacher to say things exactly right and the singers to sing just the right songs. And when I leave here, I want the preacher to give me like these perfect practicals for me to go and feel like I've improved myself. Except it's interesting that it isn't Jesus's gospel. And what ends up happening is then we get, then we feel like when Jesus is telling us like, go and make disciples. We think, well, that's for someone else. That's for the preacher to do. That's for, for the group when we come together. That's for, you know, and then we get even what ends up happening further is we forget the call of Jesus. We forget that when he started, he started with this major broad call, like he was walking through. And I want you to really picture this because this is how we do things his way. He came around when he went up to Galilee and he started going around. And he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And that was the simplest, most general call in the world. That was the beginning of really the gospel. Because it should remind us of one thing. God, who created everything, hasn't forgot about us. He hasn't forgot about us. As rebellious as we've been, he hasn't forgot about us. He has sent his son, and his son is saying, I want you to think differently in one specific area. I don't want you to hear the message of repent for the kingdom of heaven is near and feel like it's going, okay, let me go and figure out all the ways I need to repent because that wasn't what Jesus was saying. And if we're not clear on this, then it's going to be really hard to help somebody begin following Jesus. The first thing is, is Jesus going, hold on, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near is, guys, Follow me, know that I'm king and you're not. It's just that, that kind of transition right there. Is stop living for you and start and realize that I am the authority of everything. It's that, it's that very simple thing where when we hear that call, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near, it's simply going, wow, I've been living for me and there's a new authority and I don't even know everything he's going to say. But he's going to be my authority. And that's the starting point. And then remember, he goes on, he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And that is the working definition of discipleship right there. If anybody ever asked you, what is discipleship? It's that right there. How do I know I'm a disciple? Follow me and he will make you a fisher of men. Am I following Jesus? Am I being transformed by Jesus? Am I making and helping people become followers of Jesus? If the answer is no to those, then the answer is very simple. You aren't a follower of Jesus. And it really is that simple. Jesus is saying, follow me. You're going to see things as I live that you're going to need to learn. And I want you to follow me to do it. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And he's going to tell us how to do things that are different than the way we're used to them being, okay? Jesus' kingdom is an upside-down kingdom. It shouldn't be normal. It shouldn't feel normal. 
All right. There are things that Jesus is going to ask me and you to do that if the standard is that doesn't feel normal, then right on, man. Okay. If it feels normal, there's a very good possibility that it is not the kingdom of God. All right. It's kind of like learning to write the opposite of what you write. So if you're a right handed person, it's like, man, that just doesn't feel comfortable. Because Jesus is going to tell us something as we follow him. And you may be even thinking in your mind, you're like, but Keith, I know I'm saved because I experienced something. I know I, no, no, I, I accepted Jesus. Therefore, I know he's my savior. No, 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 but I've been baptized. It doesn't matter anything else. I know that I'm a Christian. And what I'm saying is if you're a Christian, you're following Jesus, you're being transformed by him, and you're helping people become Christians. If those things aren't happening, the experience you had is simply that. You did something that was really religious and great. All right? But we cannot define ourselves because of an experience. If we are going to follow Jesus, then we have to follow Jesus. Does that make sense? This is what he said. I want you to let those words sink in. Am I following Jesus as he said this? And then he knew this all along. He's like, y'all are going to come and follow me and you're going to see things. And you're going to go, that doesn't seem right at all. Your kingdom stinks if that's the way to do it. This does not feel right to do it this way. Can you imagine walking with Jesus every day? How many times he would, he would have you go, come here, I want you to trust me. Now go, go and do that. Can you imagine how many times you go, oh, Jesus, I don't know about that right now. I don't know if I'm comfortable with that right now. And can you imagine walking with him and he sits down and he starts off with this. He says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit. There's no command there. There's no command. Blessed are those who are poor in spirit. He says, blessed blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. He's actually just saying, listen, when you're in my kingdom, you're supremely blessed, but it's because this is how the people in my kingdom are. And that is, this, this is upside down, folks. Blessed are the poor in spirit. I love the message version of the Bible. It says, blessed are those who have come to the end of their rope. Okay, now that's very different than I'm overwhelmed with life. Because oftentimes what we do is we get overwhelmed with life and we take more control. He said, no, no, blessed are those, this is poor in spirit, that you are done with the way you do things. You will be supreme. You're thinking to yourself, hold on a minute, but I I go to church and I've been baptized and I think I'm following him, but I am like not, I'm not supremely blessed. Okay, he's saying, well, that's that's on us. That's not on Jesus. He's saying, no, my kingdom In that kingdom, those who are in it are poor in spirit. They're done with doing things their way. And that's the question. I want you to kind of fill in the blank. 
I came to the I came to the end of myself when. And again, there's this idea of we get overwhelmed and what we actually, if you're like most people, is what we end up doing is either blaming the church or it's too busy or there's too much going on or whatever and we take control and we lock our lives down. If I can just get control, I won't, I won't be so busy. I won't be overwhelmed. And this is an awesome place to be. Can you imagine what it would be? Could you imagine waking up and going, I am supremely blessed and happy in Jesus right now. And I've got six tests this week, and I've got all this homework, and I'm, I've got all these things going on, but I am supremely happy and peaceful because I don't do it my way anymore. I'm tired of doing it my way. This is where it's all about surrender. I want you to think about how you normally do things. Most of us are control freaks. Like, I'm going to take control. But you know what's interesting is this place, poor in spirit, this is where anxiety goes to die. This is where it goes to die. Because it's this idea of going, I'm going to be okay. Because I'm going to do everything exactly the way Jesus tells me to do it. And a really great place to be is to be in a place and go, how on earth am I supposed to do that? That's a wonderful place to be. If you're thinking right now, like, okay, well, no, no, no. Like, what does that do? And what are the things I have to do? And all that kind of stuff. You're missing it. Jesus said this for people to go, I'm tired of me. I'm at the end of me. I've been trying to make my life work for a long time. And it's not working. And I'm so tired of it. And I'm tired of trying to make myself into something. And Jesus is like, well, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And it was supposed to ignite one thing. I'm going to follow this guy and find out how to do this. I'm going to follow him. Because if you can narrow that down to one simple point, I think we've oversimplified it. This is about like every day realizing I'm at the end of myself. I'm following Jesus. What did you tell me to do? How did you tell me to do it? What are you, how do you want me to be? You know, at the heart of this, where when me and you get to this place, um, this is when we become people of prayer. When I'm rich in spirit, I don't pray. I don't need God. I don't need his help. I don't need to know what he thinks about things. I don't need, I don't need your guidance. I just need to do my life, God, and then you need to help make the circumstances better. Okay? People of prayer are people who need God. And I don't mean like just trying to figure out where it fits in my day. I'm talking about like you carve out times in your day. Okay? Let's look at Revelation 3. Okay? Let's turn over there. This is Jesus talking again. But I really want you to think about this because here's, this is my fear. I know we've talked about it for a few weeks. I have a real fear that, that there are some folks in here and you're depending on your baptism to keep you saved. That's what you're depending on. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to follow Jesus. I'm going to do things my own way. 
I'm not going to love my brothers. I'm not, but you want to know what? If you ask me if I'm a disciple, I'm going to tell you the date I got baptized. And I'm, I'm deeply fearful for your soul. And you may even be thinking, no, no, no I'm going to go make a disciple. You're going to make somebody who's like you. Not a follower of Jesus, somebody that depends on an on a experience. And here in Revelation 3, verse 16, Actually, we'll start up in there in verse 14. Write to the angel of the church in Laodicea. The amen, the faithful and true witness, the originator of God's creation says, I know your works. You're not cold and you're not hot. I wish you were either cold or hot. So because you're lukewarm, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I'm rich, I've become wealthy, I don't need anything. And you don't realize that you're Wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. And then Jesus says, I counsel you, ask me for salve for your eyes. Ask me for clothing to cover your nakedness. Ask me, like come to me, right? This is prayer. This is Jesus going, man, if you realize it's not about him breaking us, it's about us realizing we're already broken, And him going, if you just knew, you would talk to me more and you would inquire of me and you would trust me as you went through your day. If you were poor in spirit, if you were really at the end of your rope, your your life as a disciple changes. Like it's not about how can I just fit some things in here and there. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who are sick and tired of sin. Are you sick and tired of sin and what it does? Are you sick and tired? And don't think of somebody else who sinned against you. Like, are you sick and tired of your sin? Like how it's affecting people. I think sometimes we miss that and we think, oh, I sin and it's between me and God. Because remember in Psalm 51, David said, you and you alone have I sinned against. And we feel like that's like a, a, this, this smoke screen for just me to talk to God. And it's true. Our sin hurts God. But one of the primary reasons that God has us down there, one of the primary kind of proofs of our discipleship in Christ is how we treat other people. And so if I'm not mourning and sick and tired of how I'm treating people. I'm not going to be supremely at peace. Supremely happy. Supremely, because it's just going to be about, oh, no, no, okay, I know it's sin. Let me confess my sin to God so he can, like, wipe it out, and then let me go back just being the guy sitting in church every week. Instead of going, hold on a minute, Jesus, as we follow you, could you imagine that following Jesus? And he's going, hey, guys, remember poor in spirit, right? You guys remember what that means? The end of your rope. Like, that's the only way you're going to learn from me. 
you got to be at the end of your rope because we're going to go into towns and we're going to go places. I'm going to ask you to do things and you're going to have to go, hold on a minute. That's not how I would do it. And Jesus is going, but in my kingdom, I'm asking you to do it my way. That's what Jesus is saying. Okay. And if you're not tired of sin and how you treat people, what I tell you next is not going to matter. Because you're going to feel like because you're hanging out with me, because you're hanging out with Jesus, that you're the man. He's going, no, 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 no. Things are changing in this kingdom. It will matter how you treat one another. It matters more than anything how you treat one another. But you've got to mourn for your sin. You've got to realize that, man, oh, my goodness. Man, I am broken because of how I'm treating God and how I'm treating people. Am I sick and tired of sin even in the world? Like you look at the world and you're like, wow, what a messed up world we live in. I am sick and tired of it. All right, this is one we're easy about, but here's what I'm going to say, though. If you're fighting sin with sin, you're not tired of it. (laughs) You aren't. If if we're going to hate people who hate people, start a new group. That's what I'm going to say. Don't tell people you follow Jesus because he doesn't do that. If you're going to fight sin with sin, please start another group. Because that's not who I want to follow. All right? And that's not going to call anyone higher. And that's not going to make anybody supremely blessed to fight sin with sin. Why? You're a jerk, so let me humiliate you on Facebook. Okay? As long as you understand and say it out loud, Jesus, I'm not following you here. I want you to say it out loud every time you do it. Okay, Jesus, that's great. I know you say to love my enemy. I won't love my enemy. I'm going to put this on Facebook. Say it out loud, though, so you're clear of who you are. Okay? If, if you want to keep living a life of sin, just remember, say it out loud. God, I won't follow you in this part of my life. Just please start saying it out loud. I don't care how you want me to do this thing. I don't care how you want me to do class. I don't care how you want me to do my job. I don't care how you want me to date. I don't care how you want. I don't care how you want me to do any of those things. But please say it out loud so you're clear where you are. Because if not, man, we are living this lie and we're going to one day like have to give an account for it. We're going to go, but, but I, I sat in church every Sunday and they had the right doctrine. And Jesus is going to go, but dude, you didn't love anyone. You didn't pay attention at all to anything. You didn't like anyone getting in your life. You didn't want to do anything I asked you to do. You wanted to live your own life and sit in a church that taught the right doctrine. And this is how serious this is. Because there's no way we can help anyone else if we're not going, hold on a minute. I'm doing, I'm following Jesus and I'm tired of sin. I'm tired of what it does to people. I'm tired of how it makes people feel. And it doesn't mean that we don't ever sin again, but when I'm tired of it, I go and repent and I apologize and I please forgive me for that. Like, man, my heart doesn't feel okay until I know that, man, we are together. Okay? Is that what it looks like in your life to follow Jesus? Because there's six or seven more beatitudes. There's six or seven more blessed ours. But without those two, none of them can happen. 
None of them can happen. There's no like gentleness. Like you get to the next one, blessed are the meek. Man, the world says, man, you run over people. Like the top of, if you can get somewhere before somebody else, you're better. And Jesus is going, no, man, I'm walking with you. Wherever you're starting, I'm walking with you. It's not about one person being better than another person. It's about right here being okay in my skin. I can be gentle and meek and humble when I'm okay with me. When I know that I'm following Jesus and I know I'm broken and I know I'm not good at everything. And most things I do, I'm, I'm tired of it. I just want Jesus to guide me and to tell me how to live. And I want to obey him and trust him in that. So there isn't any, I know it's easy to go down the Beatitudes and, and break down each and every one. But if we don't encapsulate and embody this, you know, I think for our generation, for this, for 2017, the, the Beatitudes could be summed up with blessed are, you know, the peaceful are, and then it would be a hashtag, no filter. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? When you put a picture up on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, you want that picture to look perfect when it's of me and you. Like, I don't want any blemishes to be seen. I want myself to look awesome. I look at my pictures and I'm like, oh man, my shirt's kind of, people are going to think my belly's sticking out. And I don't want people to think, I want my, you know, like, oh, this is flat people, okay? Like, you, I want you to know that, okay? Is, is there are parts of me that I want you to see a certain way? And, and there's going to be a time when I think the light bulb is going to go off for everybody and you're going to realize, man, social media is keeping us from having the heart of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you can get upset. You can argue. That's fine. I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm just saying is there will be a time and you're going to go, dang, it was all about how I looked and all about what people thought of me. And at the same time, Jesus is going, stop worrying about what people think of you. Stop thinking of yourself so much. Live life without a filter. All right. Have you ever done that? You've seen a picture on online that somebody put up and you're like, dang, oh, please. I hate that picture of me. That doesn't look anything like me. Have you ever said that before? That doesn't look anything like me. You know what's funny is, is no one else thinks that. There wasn't anybody who looked at your picture and said, who is that? (laughs) They know exactly what you look like. You think, no, that doesn't look like me. Yes, it does. Everyone knows it. Okay, we're the only ones that think that everybody sees us like in this perfect made over, you know. And I'm saying blessed are those who live with no filter. Hey, man, what you see is what you get. Authentic. That's the Beatitudes. It's about being authentic and repentant. Does that make sense? See, authentic is just like, hey, I'm messed up and I'm in my sin and that's the way it is and you have to love me. Repentant is, I'm a broken person, I'm an insecure person, I'm a scared person, I don't have much courage, I try to be spiritual, but I can't stay that way. Like, I'm going to let you see who I really am, but I will not stay that way, because I'm following Jesus. Okay, that's the Beatitudes. Blessed are the hashtag no filter. Okay, is that idea of stop, we got to stop trying to make ourselves look so beautiful to the rest of the world And maybe we do have to stop with the social media. (laughs) That's all right. Come on. 
like, oh, maybe I'm just saying, you know, there will be a time because I just can't, the more I think about it, I'm not saying 100% of it. I think there's a lot of it that can be fine, but I'm saying for the most part, don't back down, but, but I'm saying I'm hearing Jesus telling me, Keith, stop thinking of you. Stop trying to make everyone think you look great. Stop doing And then at the same time, I have this social media saying, no, 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 no. Make people think this about you. And I'm going, I don't know how. One, one has to win. Okay? And so I, I'm just kind of throwing that out there. Okay? There was like a progression for me, for me to reach the end of my rope. I remember when I went to college at 1991, two, three, four, right in there. Um, I was like, things were building, okay? Like I was angry. Um, and, and it was just kind of like building and building and building. And I'd have a lot of different relationships. Went into 95 at Florida State University in 96. And here's what happened, okay? Is there came a point in time when I realized that all of the dating relationships I was trying to fill my life with weren't doing a thing for me. I mean, my life was becoming emptier as professionally, I became more, like, known, all right? To go and work at Florida State with the football program in the 90s, that was like the job to have in my profession. And realizing I have everything and I don't have anything. That's the end of me right there. And I would go out and we would party and we would drink and we would be sexually immoral and we would, I was just trying, who can I put into my life that is going to make me like my life okay. And there was an interesting thing that happened. When I came to the end of myself, and I've shared this before, was in the backseat of a police car. All right? Because like my, my aimless life and my anger had caught up in a bar fight. Okay? And I remember sitting in the backseat of a police car going, this is it for me. Like I have no, I have probably one of the best jobs you can have. And I'm miserable. And I'm probably going to lose my job now. And, I'm pro- and I don't even have any, like my life was completely empty. And you know what was interesting at that point is? I started praying. I didn't even know what to pray. I, I was just like, I- God, send someone. Remember, every night, God, send someone. Send someone. Send someone. Like, just please come and do that. And it was interesting is, is, is when that person came into my life, I wasn't going to argue with the Bible. <laughs> I was done with that. I wasn't going to sit there and go, hold on a minute. Are you saying, like, it tells me to do that, but I grew up and I always thought that I was sprinkled as a baby and that was plenty and I was going to get into this fight. I was like, you said it says it right there in the Bible? Sign me up. It says I got to repent of that? You mean I got to confess that? It's uncomfortable, but I'm going to do it because I'm tired of how I do life. Like, it's so miserable how I do life. There are a few things that should happen when we come to the end of ourselves. And I love this acronym. We should become fat. We should become fat. We should become faithful, available, and teachable. Those are the things that should happen. When I'm at the end of my rope, I should go, hold on a minute. You want to know what? I am not trusting me anymore. I'm trusting God. And when it says it in the Bible, I don't care who else says it, I am doing that. I'm going to be available. I think what ends up happening sometimes is is we come, we hear a message, and we just run off and do life. And we don't realize that, man, I need brothers and sisters in my life to, like, help me with this. Like, Like, that's why the body comes together. 
All right? And so you always hear me saying, man, when we come together, be together. Come together when the body meets. And that doesn't have anything to do with attendance. That has to do with the idea of, I need help not running my life. And y'all help me with that. And what I hear helps me with that. And I become teachable. When did you come to the end of yourself? When you stopped being embarrassed if you stood out. When did you come to the end of yourself and you're just like, I don't care what other people think. I'm doing what Jesus says. When did you come to the end of yourself? Have you come to the end of yourself yet? Because if you haven't, chances are you're living a spiritual life that is really miserable and really boring and really not exciting. And you all know what you don't do a lot? You don't do a lot of smiling. You know what, man? When I'm poor in spirit, I'm happier. I smile more. I'm relaxed more when I'm poor in spirit. It's amazing Jesus is right. Blessed are those who have come to the end of their road.